Oh no, it's totally antiquated. Absolutely. Yeah, no, our grid is antiquated. Hi everybody, Brian Sussman here. It's the Brian Sussman Show. This is episode 211 on audio and episode 8 on video via YouTube and Rumble. Thanks for being with me. I'm Brian Sussman. More on me at briansussman.com. Our grid is a phenomenal mess. Uh, a lot of this has to do because of bumbling bureaucracy at the federal level. Whenever they try to improve the grid, they usually reward stakeholders and lobbyists. The federal government, especially presently, is so consumed with solar and wind that uh, they've lost their mind in terms of reality. But the bottom line is our grid is incredibly vulnerable. We saw that in Texas a couple years ago when they had that big ice storm. <laughs> and Texas is, well, you'll hear this in the in, in upcoming content, but the point is in Texas, 24% of their energy is derived from wind and all those wind turbines froze. That caused a guy to go out there and do some research and create a movie called Grid Down, Power Up. Grid Down, Power Up. It's excellent. And what you're about to hear now is the audio portion from the video where we interviewed the director and producer of this movie. So with that in mind, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Let's go to the audio from the video. There is a movie that I'm hoping you'll be able to see. It's called Grid Down, Power Up. It's a film about the security and stability of our nation's energy grid. And the security is truly lacking. And the stability is obviously very lacking. We're going to be hearing from the producer and director of this film in just a moment. This is a guy who made the film because he's a patriot and he was concerned about our grid and all of the bad actors that are trying to get in that, into that grid and take it down. But first off, hi everyone. Thanks for joining me. Brian Sussman here. My pleasure to be with you. On video, this is episode eight of The Brian Sussman Show. And for those of you listening on various podcasting platforms, this is episode 211. Let me talk to you about the grid for just a moment. Uh, there was a fascinating article that was at Forbes magazine recently. It was a, gosh, I think it was about a 30-page article if you were to print it out. Long-form piece on the nation's energy grid. And they were really talking about cyber attacks and, and the fact that our grid can so easily go down. Now, a lot of people remember what happened in Texas two years ago. Texas has its own grid. It's a unique state <laughs> in many ways. It's a unique state. <laughs> so like a whole other country, as they say. But in terms of its grid, it, it has its own grid, which should be a great thing. But in this particular case, the grid was not equipped to handle an extreme cold snap that swept the state. Now, part of the reason for this is that 24% of the energy in Texas is delivered via wind turbines. Those wind turbines froze. They just stopped working entirely. And that caused a cascading effect which led to a very serious outage that impacted millions of residents in Texas. And at the end of the day, hundreds of people died. Now, that was just in Texas. But when you think about all the bad actors who are probably watching this 
and wondering, wow, if Texas went down so easily from a, from an ice storm, how easy might it be to take down the United States of America? You know, if, if the energy grid goes, and they saw this in Texas, it, it's more than just the lights. It's, it's water delivery. You would think, well, we've got natural gas to heat the homes, but natural gas delivery to homes was also disrupted. It was a terrible thing that happened. I'm reading this long-form article here from Forbes magazine. I just want to, I printed out this, like 20, probably 30 pages. I printed it out. I just wanted to make a few notes here before we get to this interview with the director and producer of this film, Grid Down, Power Up. Cyber threats are a big deal, potential cyber threats. And in fact, there was one in 2021. This was with the Colonial Pipeline. Somehow, bad actors were able to get into the system and shut it down. They disrupted the supply of oil supplies up and down the East Coast. They proved that this could happen. I'm reading a report here from the General Accounting Office noting that the U.S. electrical grid faces significant cybersecurity risks because threat actors are becoming more increasingly capable of carrying out attacks on the grid. Nations, criminal groups, and terrorists pose the most significant cyber threats to U.S. critical infrastructure. That's according to this report. So we know that the system is vulnerable. But what you might not know is the system, the grid, is incredibly old. Most of it's grossly outdated. And it's also unique because in the United States of America, we have a grid that is owned by private entities. And while sometimes that can be a great thing, because think about this, if the government was in charge of the grid, I mean, what, what does the government do well? Really, really and truly, what does our federal government do well? We're supposed to have a limited government for a reason. Uh, they, we, we do military really well. Well, we should. That should be the number one item. Uh, I guess we do mail delivery okay. The IRS collects taxes very well. <laughs> but when it comes to things like critical infrastructure, I, I don't know that I want the federal government to be in charge of something like that because... I think there are just too many boneheaded bureaucrats to make something like that work. Nonetheless, nonetheless, Congress has been getting involved. There is the recent, um, well, Congress had in 2022 an intent, an intent for modernizing, hardening, and expanding the grid to enhance the resilience of our entire electrical system and ensure that electricity is available to customers when needed most. You know, if this is such a big deal, you think Congress could get off their butts and do something like this? I'm serious. This should be a bipartisan issue, and they should just go forth with it. But there's a problem. Whenever a bill is created, and these bills are all written by lobbyists, money is handed out to stakeholders and organizations that do, quite frankly, excuse my French, crappy work, and they follow BS, bad science, and it becomes a big boondoggle, a big waste of money. But if, if Congress could get involved in this and properly see something like this carried out instead of putting together an intent, 
big deal. The White House also got involved in this recently. Uh, They have a Build a Better Grid initiative. They want $20 billion in federal funding. But the problem is this Build a Better Grid, this is designed for net zero. They really believe that they can cut fossil fuels out of the equation and run the entire grid on solar and wind. And by the way, if you, if you, if we did a grid, I've been writing a lot about this for this book that I'm working on, but this is according to Princeton University. Princeton is probably the premier think tank for net zero. So if we were to build the new grid capable of having power that comes from solar and wind, and by the way, you're going to hear our guest talk about this, just kind of what a fallacy all this is, because you want deliverable power. See, the problem with solar and wind, it's not deliverable 24-7, because, well, solar doesn't work at night, and wind, if the winds are too high, the turbines won't work. If it's too low, turbines won't work. It's not deliverable power that we can count on. And this is what they found out big time in Texas in two years ago. But the point of it is, If we were to go to solar and wind, Princeton University is all for this, net zero, you would have wind turbines covering an area of the United States comparable to five states. So just think of the entire state of Nebraska, Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, and most of Indiana covered with wind turbines. I mean covered with wind turbines. That's the, that's the acreage, the square, mile, the square mileage, if you will, that's necessary to go to net zero if you're going to have wind. And then solar, solar array would be about the size of the state of Wyoming. It's, it's ludicrous. But nonetheless, we've got a grid that is extremely shaky and somebody's got to do something about this. And I hope that this movie, Grid Down, Power Up, is going to be, going to be a key to seeing something done in this regard. Now, I want to let you see some other parts of my life. Uh, Besides the podcasts, uh, as many of you know, for many years, I was a radio show host in San Francisco on KSFO, just about 20 years altogether, where I did the morning show there. But I also do a couple, I left there in 2019. I still do a couple radio shows. One is Thursdays with Brian on KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz from 1 to 2 o'clock, ksco.com. And then the other is for a radio station in Sedona, Arizona, K-A-Z-M. And that radio program runs on Fridays from 8 o'clock till 9 a.m. and then turns into a podcast, which can be heard at straighttalksedona.com. It's for... The Sedona radio show and podcast that I recently interviewed the producer and director of the movie Grid Down, Power Up. Guy's name is David Tice. Super nice guy. He's a money manager. Uh, that's his, he's a money guy. He's, he's an investment guy. And he's also a patriot who cares deeply about our country and was just, as a resident of Texas, went through that power outage a couple years ago and thought, somebody's got to do something here. Well, what did he decide to do? He made a movie. So here is our interview with David Tice, and you're going to be seeing a Zoom screen. It's a little clunky, but 
I, I think it's going to work just fine for the sake of this podcast. You'll see David on the bottom, and then you'll see yours truly and our producer, Cara Mia. She's the producer of the program. She's the brains behind the operation. And all three of us in this Zoom call, because the video was never meant to be seen, it's used for the audio, if you catch my drift. So with that in mind, here is that interview. I've edited out just a couple small things uh, that had to do with the local radio station. But other than that, I think you're going to find this fascinating. David, thank you for joining us here on Straight Talk. How are you? I'm great, Brian. Thanks. How about you? I'm doing well. It's exciting to have you on the program because this is a tremendous documentary that you have put together, and I'm just encouraging people to see this. But let's talk about your story. How did you come to be the guy to take on this project? So I'm a money manager by trade. So really, this is a second career and frankly, I think this was a God thing where I've been worried about uh, our primary adversaries, Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran, and worried about what they could do to critical civilian infrastructure. And so I was made aware of this film, and I had a little bit of filmmaking background. I've always felt like film can reach, you know, uh, tens, if not hundreds of millions of people, and we needed to alert the American public about our vulnerability. So I set up a company called Paul Revere Films. Paul Revere. I, li I like that. Sounding the alarm, right, brother? Exactly. Well, my concern is that uh, life exists because of electricity. Our municipal water systems rely on uh, electricity. Uh, Human beings will die after three days if they don't have drinking water. Our Uber Eats is not going to work. We will not be able to get gas in our vehicles. We will not, a refrigerator won't operate. And therefore, a lot of people just don't have enough food such that they will end up starving. And then there will be civil unrest like we've never seen. And uh, the Calvary won't be there to come if this is a nationwide event. And, and our police and our National Guard will be at home protecting their own family. And therefore, uh, it can easily turn into almost zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. So but you, you, you have just articulated all of my concerns and then some. Here's here's the question. If you and I have these concerns, David, and you've, you've made the documentary, we're going to talk more specifically about what's in the documentary in just a moment. But if we have these concerns, certainly the bad guys are very much aware of this, right? The bad guys are very aware of this. And in fact, there's been a number of defectors from these bad actors I mentioned before, you know, at and defectors have brought back, you know, uh, military documents from their war plans. And, and we know that in special forces uh, operations manuals, even for the U.S., taking out critical civilian infrastructure is deemed to be one, one of the first approaches, uh, you know, in warfare. Yeah, and yeah. Americans have been so complacent because we experienced the Iraqi war, even World War I, World War II, Korean War, 
where all those wars were fought on foreign shores. And therefore, it never really, you know, affected we civilians. But our serious military guys will tell us that, you know, don't don't be so complacent. The bad guys could easily go after critical civilian infrastructure. David, you know, you've certainly learned a lot as you've gotten into this production. But one of the things, and you talk about this in the documentary, uh, one of the interesting things about our grid compared to other countries is it's not government owned. It's it's privately owned. You know, and there are some great aspects to that, but there are some probably some downfalls as well. So talk to us about our particular grid, its ownership and its maintenance and 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 its and its upgrades. Let's talk about that. Okay, so when we talk about the grid, there's three different parts. There's generation, transmission, and distribution, uh, getting electricity to our homes. Mm-hmm. And there are about 3,000, you know, mostly private, some public entities that are providing this electricity. Uh, there are three grids in the United States, an eastern grid, a western grid, and a Texas grid. And uh, those grids are, you know, states within those grids are dependent upon each other. And sometimes there can be cascading, you know, uh, declines in service from this one state, uh, you know, power, you know, going out, you know, which is very, very problematic. On the regulatory front, uh, regulation is very complicated. There's something called the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission and the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, right. you know, that are national regulators. But then there's 50 state utility commissions that regulate. And, and the big picture problem is that uh, the industry essentially has self-regulation and uh, we call it in the film the fox is guarding the hen house because the regulators come mostly from industry and industry doesn't want to be told what to do. Right, 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 right. So that's that is a real problem. Now you mentioned the Texas grid, and you're from Texas, so you you lived through that massive grid failure. Was that was it like two years ago, David? Yes, that was two years ago, February. Right. Okay. So let's talk about that grid failure and uh, the specifics there, because people need to realize there were hundreds of folks who died as a result of that. So talk to us about that failure. So I think it was close to 300 officially, and they, they ended up dying from either freezing or from absorbing uh, gas fumes, et cetera. Uh, we were four minutes, 37 seconds away from a uh, the, the grid going down in Texas for potentially a number of months. Wow. And uh, electricity uh, provision is very complicated because there's a balance between supply and demand. So mm-hmm. it's almost like the push and pull have got to be calibrated. And therefore... We, we were very, very close to that push-pull being, you know, off-kilter. 
such as it would have damaged transformers because of that, you know, push pull dynamic being, you know, out of kilt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, now can we talk for just a moment about uh, renewable energy, solar and wind in particular? Because as you know, there is this big push for net zero where we're going to get rid of fossil fuels, including natural gas. We're going to go to all wind and all solar. Uh, talk to a talk to us about that and the grid. Is that going to be the, the great improvement that's necessary to bring the grid up to strength and secure? Or is this something completely different? So I mentioned this, uh, you know, whole push-pull dynamic. Mm -hmm. And one of the issues with solar and wind is that that power is not dispatchable, whereby you cannot somewhat turn it on and off. And the way I understand it, it actually, we need a fairly significant percentage of our energy serving the grid that is dispatchable. And the amount of I'm not exactly sure what the appropriate percentage is in terms of wind and solar, uh, but we can't go too far there. We need dispatchable power. We need natural gas. We need nuclear. Uh, we uh, Therefore, those elements are important to prevent what happened, you know, that danger that we had in Texas, the four minutes, 37 seconds, as far as getting that uh push-pull dynamic, yeah. you know, appropriate. When, when it comes to Texas uh, and that incredible outage, if uh, where was where was the blame? I mean, who, who was to blame? What was to blame if you were just to boil it down? So I'd say, I mean, there were, there were a number of, you know, logistical issues where gas plants, you know, were not, you know, uh, were cut off from their power. You know, uh, part of it is a number of our ERCOT members were all from out of state. Mm -hmm. uh, we were uh, not ready. I, I think our so our wind uh, devices were not hardened for you know extremely cold weather. Right, and right. Because so that was there, there was an ice storm associated with it. Yes. Yeah. So so there were a number of issues and. The Texas legislature has fixed a number of those, and we got through this last winter, we got through this last summer. It's it's getting better. David, you know, you are, uh, you're a pretty sharp guy because, you know, with a film like this, you want people to see it, and oftentimes a star can really help deliver the project to more and more people. You got Dennis Quaid to narrate this. Talk to us about that connection. So Dennis has been a friend for over a decade. I actually financed a movie, Soul Surfer, that he starred in, where he was the father of Bethany Hamilton. Right, you know, right. Which has touched a lot of people's lives. It's been one of my highlights of my career. Oh, and that's so, cool. So Dennis is a patriot, and he's been concerned about, you know, critical civilian infrastructure vulnerability. And so I worked on him for a couple of years while I made the film. And I said, I'd love to have your voice and presence. And he's uh, has embraced it. He's actually gone to the Texas Capitol with me. And, and we went door to door 
got inside the governor's mansion, met with the attorney general, the speaker of the house. And, uh, he, he was, uh, uh, recognized by the Texas Senate for his patriotism. That's great. Soul Surfer, by the way, a uh, fantastic movie. My wife and I had an opportunity to, uh, to, to spend some time with Bethany a number of years ago. Uh, she's just a delightful young woman. Her family's awesome. And that was a great movie, man. That was really great. Thank you. I'm very proud of it. If you were to, to boil it down, what's the cure? What do we need to do to make sure that this energy grid, which is so vital to our survival, is secure? What do we need to do? Well, we need to have a movement of concerned mama bears, soccer dads, et cetera. So I'm going to enlist everyone on this uh, listening to the show. Tell their friends. Tell 20 of your friends. We also have a facility to reach out to legislators, regulators, and board of directors of your public utilities. So you, you can actually get something done by doing that. But there is technology out there, you know, that can be provided on the front end. And we, we need better regulation of our utilities. So on our website, griddownpowerup.com, we have a number of solutions outlined. Excellent. Hey, thank you for your time, David. And we really appreciate all of your good work. Just much success on this. And God bless you, sir. Appreciate it. Well, same to you guys. And God bless your listeners. Thanks. I certainly hope you found that to be a very interesting and intriguing interview. So here's what we have to do. First of all, see the movie Grid Down, Power Up. That's the first thing when it comes to your area. Second thing, we've got to talk to our representatives in Congress, as well as at the state level, something's got to be done about with our grid. Now, the answer is not solar and wind. That's, that's ridiculous. The answer is security and modernization. The problem is, too oftentimes, especially in blue states and involving our Congress, you know, if they're going to contribute any money to updating and modernizing the grid, money's going to go to power that involves solar and involves wind. We don't want that. That's, that's not what we want. And it'll go to stakeholders, and it'll be wasted. That's the problem. And this is another reason why we just need to make sure during this next election cycle we get some true patriots in office that'll do the work of the people as opposed to the work of the lobbyists and the deep state and those who do not have our best interests in mind. And when all else fails, what do I do? I just pray, please, Lord, we need you now more than ever. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for listening. If you like this, please subscribe. If, you, if you've come this far, <laughs> if you've listened this far through, you must have liked it. Please subscribe on YouTube or Rumble if you're watching on the video or on the many audio platforms. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks again and until next time.